0: In the name of the glorious Trinity, Father, and Son, and Holy Spirit, forever. Amen. Glory be to the everlasting mercies which sent you to us, O Christ, the light of the world and the life of all. Give us wisdom by your law and enlighten our impulses by your knowledge. Sanctify our souls by your truth and grant that we may be obedient to your words and may fulfill your commandments at every hour. O you who enlightens the rational with the knowledge of your greatness, Do enlighten, O my Lord, our thoughts, that we may meditate upon your holy and divine scriptures at all times, O Lord of all, Father and Son and Holy Spirit forever. Amen. If we search in Google for the definition of shame, uh, you'll get the result that states a painful feeling of humiliation or distress caused by the consciousness of wrong or foolish behavior. And the painful feeling of humiliation and distress causes at times self-isolation or quarantine, again defined by Google as A state or period of remaining apart from others. Which means that when you're ashamed of doing something and saying something, that you cut ties with family, relatives, friends, even church community. Now, as severe as that may seem or sound, it's not all that bad. It actually may be the best thing to do since people are cruel, ruthless, heartless, ignorant, merciless, arrogant, and the list goes on. However, uh, there is a great danger in when we cut ties with God. That is our relationship and communication with God because of our shamefulness. And this is enticed by Satan through our conscience, uh, telling us that we are worthless, shame on us, and we do not deserve or are not deserving of God. Now, the danger there is that we deprive ourselves from prayer, that is entering the presence of God, uh, communicating with God, attending church to receive forgiveness and absolution, uh, which is honoring and celebrating Christ in the Eucharist, Many people, when I ask, why are you not attending church? Their justification is that I'm not worthy, um, I'm a sinner, and that is why I deprive myself from coming to church. Well, you know, that's, um, that's a little silly, uh, respectfully speaking, because the church is a spiritual hospital where those who are spiritually sick, who are ashamed of their circumstance and their situation, They come to the physician, the greatest physician, who heals without medicine, and that's Jesus Christ. The danger is that we may be depriving ourselves from speaking to our parish priest or our spiritual counselor and being put on the right path of forgiveness, reconciliation and restoration, the priest prays during the kneading of the bread or the dough when making the hosts for the holy qurbana, the holy Eucharist, and this is how the uh, the hymn or the prayer is chanted. The mes- medicine of repentance gave the Lord to the renowned physicians who are the priests of the church. Whosoever has been stricken by Satan. And being put to shame, may come and show his wounds to the disciples of the wise physician, that is Jesus Christ. Praise be to his name, and he, Christ, shall wash him with a spiritual medicine. So the danger of shame deprives deprives us from this blessed gift that Christ has instilled in his church to be imparted on her children. We also deprive uh, ourselves of confessing our faults, not our sins, our faults to our Christian brothers and sisters, in order to be corrected and encouraged in our faith. I emphasize not our sins, because our sins are to be confessed to a priest, to the church, and the church can bestow the gift of absolution and forgiveness. And we're not going to go too much into that. And this is all because of being ashamed of where you are, who you are, what you have done when it comes to your relationship with God. So how do we overcome this shame but learn from it and avoid it at all costs? Number one, beloved, take heart. You know, we forget who we are. We forget who we worship. We forget who has purchased us, by His blood, through His baptism, to God the Father, the Creator of heaven and earth. Take heart, be courageous, get g up by the mission of Jesus Christ Himself, who states that in Luke chapter 5, verse 32, this is Christ's mission. I have not come that I may call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, if there was a book, and chastity to say, a book, a satanic book, this verse would read, I have not come to call the sinners, but the righteous to immorality. (laughs) Christ came to reverse that. And he promises and he instructs that I have not come that I may call the righteous, the righteous are mine, but the sinners, those who are ashamed, those who are depriving themselves, again, through Satan's trickeries trickery through our conscience, depriving themselves of the greatest gift of forgiveness and the provisions of God. Christ has come to call the sinners to repentance. On a side note, sinners are described in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 as these people and many more. Fornicators, those who are engaging sexual activities outside of marriage with their partners, their girlfriends or boyfriends, their fiancés or fiancés, de facto relationships. These are classified as fornicators. Neither worshippers of idols, faith, uh, sorry, fame, wealth, glamour, honour, or even maybe statutes. Neither adulterers, those cheating husbands and wives, while the husband is at work, or the wife is at work, while you're on a, uh, a business trip, while you're on the road, <laughs> And you visit the mistress while you are married and you're engaging in other sexual activities. These are from the scriptures. Don't be ashamed. You know, let's be ashamed if we are engaged in these acts. Let's not be ashamed to speak about these things. The scriptures are very vocal. Adulterers, neither sexual molesters, pedophiles, child molesters, rapists, neither males lying down with males, homosexuals. Very clear, isn't it? Neither frauds, nor thieves, neither drunkards, nor the insolent, that is the impudent, the the, the rude people, neither extortioners, these do not enter the kingdom of God. He's being very serious, Saint Paul. So these are the sinners, and if we are engaged in these activities, we should be ashamed. We should be ashamed. But that shame should bring us to repentance, not to distance us from God. Take heart from the gracious invitations extending, extended by our Lord God. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, the second book of Chronicles, listen to what God is telling you and I, those who maybe are in this situation. And again, I will reiterate, deprived themselves from the grace and mercy and the love of God who is constantly waiting to receive us one more time. God says, and my people, upon whom my name is called, we are Christians because we've believed in Christ, the Son of God, accepted Him as the Son of God, the Savior, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. We have that name, Christians. Shall be broken. That means crumbled, humbled, contrite. And they will pray and they will beg from before me and they will return from their evil ways. Also, here is his promise. I shall hear from heaven and I shall forgive their sins and I shall heal their land. Our hearts. So, If you're ashamed and you've distanced yourself from God, don't allow that to happen. Satan is using that as a tool, as a weapon, as an armor. Get up, be encouraged. No, actually, kneel before God. Come to church, receive the absolution, receive forgiveness and pray to the Lord, beloved. How do we overcome this shame? By taking heed to, paying attention to the gracious instructions given by God in the Holy Scriptures through the epistle of St. James, Christ's relative, James 5.16. Confess your faults, again your faults, one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed. For great is the effectiveness of the prayer which a righteous person or righteous man prays. These are instructions, instructions of grace, of love, of mercy, of reconciliation. In the book of Zephaniah, chapter 3, verse 11, take heart, be encouraged. This is a promise from God In that day you shall not be ashamed of all your schemes that you did wickedly against me. Because when we sin, we sin against God, our Creator. When we sin, we defile our image and likeness that we have been made in of God. When we sin, we defile the garment of baptism that we have been clothed with. In that day, you shall not be ashamed of all your schemes that you did wickedly against me. And then I shall remove from you the strength of your pride and you shall magnify yourself against the mountain of my holiness no more. Which day in that day were you again? Get up, dust yourself off, kneel before the Lord and ask for forgiveness. And I'm going to give you a very short prayer of what you can how you can start your prayer and your 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 road, your way to reconciliation again, to removing the shame. And Christ can remove that shame. How do we overcome? By taking courage from those in the scriptures who possessed deeds of shame and yet still approached Christ and were not in any way put to shame, neither rebuked harshly, or rejected mercilessly Mark chapter 2 verse 15 and it was that as he reclined at supper in his that is Matthew's house there's one person of encouragement himself, St. Matthew he was a tax collector despised by all he was a thief probably an extortionist and in Mark chapter 2, verse 15, we see Jesus in his house. There were many tax collectors and sinners reclining at supper with Jesus and with his disciples, for many had come and they were following him. They must have been put to shame when they looked in those amazing, glorious eyes of God incarnate, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. They must have been put to shame, but they weren't discouraged. They were reclining for supper with him. If that doesn't give you any encouragement, I'm sorry, I can't give you more words of encouragement. And they're not even mine. I have no words to give you but the scriptures and the words of Jesus Christ himself. What about the prostitutes, beloved? The harlots, the whores we call, right? The working ladies, the mistresses, be it male or female actually. Luke chapter 7 verses 36 to 37. But one of the Pharisees came asking him to eat with him and he entered the Pharisee's house and there he reclined. Now listen to this. And a sinner, that is a harlot, and a sinner woman who was in the city, when she knew that he was staying in the Pharisee's house, she took an alabaster vase and ointment, of ointment, I'm sorry, She didn't stay at home and felt sorry for herself. And I'm sorry, maybe even found excuses and justified her lifestyle that was totally disappeasing to God. Sometimes we use these as an excuse, not to pray, not to read the scriptures, not to come to church. I'm a sinner. Well, let me tell you, if you confess you're a sinner here on earth. Well, God will then see that confession and he will recompense us, us, reward us according to our confession that has come from our mouths. Every idle word, word that comes out of your mouth, you will be held accountable. But this prostitute, this harlot, it wouldn't have been easy for her to have made her way to the feet of Christ. She probably was spat at She probably was ridiculed and told to get away from me. What are you doing here? She had to negotiate herself through that crowd to get to the feet of Jesus Christ. And you know where Jesus Christ is dining every day. In your heart, in your scriptures, in your prayers. Most importantly, every first day of the week, every Sunday, khadib Shabbat. Jesus is dining at your parish, parish. at your church, your parish, during the service of the divine liturgy. Don't worry about what people will say. Don't let your shame deter you from getting up and taking courage from the promises of Christ and coming to Jesus Christ and falling at his feet. Take courage, beloved, that not only did the tax collectors and prostitutes come to Christ, but rather Jesus said that they superseded the chief priests and the Pharisees to the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 21 verse 31. Take courage. There are a murderer or an accessor to murder and persecutions of the people of the way. We read in Acts chapter 9 verses 1 to 2 about Saul who was then later called Paul listen to what he says now Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord not just the 12 disciples but those who believed in Jesus Christ went to the high priest and asked for letters from him to the synagogues at Damascus so that if he found any belonging to the way you know there was no Christianity when when Christ after Christ ascended and the, and, and the faith started to go they were still practicing judaism but through jesus christ they were still worshiping the one god of abraham of isaac and of israel but through jesus christ now through the new covenant the spiritual covenant that's why you don't see the word christians and saint saint uh, saint luke writes uh, in the book of acts belonging to the way and who is the way Glory be to his name, John 14, 16. I am the way, I am the truth, I am life. So he was on his way to bring the people who are of the way, both men and women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So Saul was on his way, on his route, to capturing the people of the way, aka believers, aka Christians, to bring him to their death. But yet... In Acts chapter 9, verse 15, when Christ appeared to him, claims him to be a chosen vessel, vessel. God incarnate, God Himself. Christ Jesus, our Lord, tells Hannah or Ananias that he is a chosen vessel. This is an ex-murderer a chosen vessel, an instrument, a rusty tool in my hand. And in verse 16, we read that Jesus says, he will suffer for Christ's name, for his name. So, be careful. Now, not being ashamed is not discouraged by any means. Yeah, we should be ashamed of of displeasing our Lord. We should be ashamed. We should be discouraged. We should have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. St. Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, verses 20-23, to 23, For when you became servants of sin, you became free from righteousness. There's no righteousness. When you're in sin, there's no righteousness. You're a servant of sin. And what fruit did you have then of which today you are ashamed of? Yes, yeah, sometimes we look back in our lives and we think, if I could only turn back time, da-da-da-da, if I could... that's If I could turn back time, oh, I wouldn't do many things that I did because I am ashamed. This is great. For its result is death, St. Paul says, of being servants to sin. But... But let, us, let it not overcome us, but we should overcome shame. When we have displeased God through our words, deeds and actions, we must be ashamed, we must be humiliated, embarrassed. However, when we want to return to God in penitence and a contrite spirit and to appease him and be reconciled with him, we must not allow shame to deter us. Let me give you one, one example of a prayer. Open your scriptures to Psalm chapter 31, verse 17. O Lord God, I shall not be ashamed that I called you. The wicked shall be ashamed, and they shall descend into Sheol. In my foolishness, my wickedness, in my sinfulness, I will call unto you, O Lord God, and I will not be ashamed because I do not want to end in shoal. And take heart, beloved. This is the promise of Jesus Christ. Matthew eleven twenty one. 21. Come unto me. There's an invitation. All of you who labor, all of you who are ashamed of sin and the labor of sin is heavy, Come unto me, all of you who labor and are forced to bear burdens, and I shall give you rest. Praise and glory be to his holy name, now and at all times and forever. Amen. One last thing, please also don't forget to rate and review this podcast and share with your friends and family. If you'd like to suggest future episodes or give us detailed feedback, please visit the link in the description or on our Instagram, linktr.ee forward slash double edged sword. God bless you all.